It's a privilege to think about some things about God's Word with you for a few minutes. Our focus tonight is James 1, and uh, verse 25 is the main focus, but I want to read a bit of the paragraph that it is surrounded by, starting at verse 22 of James. It starts with a conjunction, but, and there's a lot of those in the Bible. That would be a good rabbit to chase sometime on your own to find out the, how many times that is used in Scripture. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What is this perfect law, the law of liberty? Well, let's go back to Deuteronomy. Chapter 6. Verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. In Romans, we find um, a bit of a commentary about that. Uh, someone has said that uh, Scripture is often the best commentary on Scripture. And uh, that we find this in Romans 15, verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus, Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's some key words in, in that passage. This is not intended as a deep theological digging tonight. I'm not qualified to do that. But uh, you will notice some interesting words there. God of endurance and encouragement. And that we can worship him with one voice. We, we can do well to study that carefully. Well, the passage from Deuteronomy 6 was quoted by Jesus. Go back to Matthew chapter 22 and verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
On these two commands depend all the law and the prophets. That would be another interesting study sometime for you to do as homework. To study what Jesus quoted from the Old Testament all through the four Gospels. These names, Sadducees, that was a political party. And I'm told that I'm supposed to introduce some humor so you'll stay awake. So uh, that name means they're sad, you see. That's one of my favorite kinds of humor. But in the verse uh, 25, persevere means to keep on paying attention. And I wonder if we need to be corrected there by the Holy Spirit. Keep on paying attention. And then in Vine's dictionary of, of theological terms and biblical terms, he gave this definition, to continue steadfastly in a thing and give unrelenting, unremitting, excuse me, unremitting care to it. Well, you've heard before, you that have read the scripture in it all, that there's a, a discussion back and forth between faith and works. Whole denominations have been formed over an imbalance of these two ideas. Look with me at Ephesians. Some of you, no doubt, can quote it from memory. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, a piece of art, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And then James comments on what he has written before, and we find that in James 2. at uh, verses 14 to 26, a rather lengthy passage. Now stay awake. Excuse me. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, and you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, 
that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works. And faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. I would liken this to uh, the picture of an alloy. If you have just pure iron, that's good. But if you add a certain percentage amount more of carbon, you get steel, which is much harder and has many more uses and applications. Pastor Brad was very helpful in planning for this tonight, and he suggested that I give a bit of a personal testimony about the Bible in my life. So forgive me in advance for mentioning anything about myself. I had Christian parents. I had Christian grandparents. And I have studied genealogy as a uh, hobby for many years. And my first Riley forebears came to the colonies in 1635 and they were house builders. I don't have a lot of first-hand information about them, but I do know that they have been through the generations, some over 12 or 14 now, I forget. Um, we're members of churches and I found records where it showed their names on the roll of churches on the frontier many times. I have been in church since before I can remember. I attended VBS, Vacation Bible School, from about age five up until high school. Then they put me to work helping teach. In Sunday school, I was exposed to Bible-centered songs like Be Ye Doers of the World. How many have sung that? And there's another. Thy word is like a garden, Lord. Anybody ever sung that? It was in the 1956 Baptist hymnal, if you ever have sung out of that. <clears throat> I also had... Uh, uh, another influence in my life uh, besides memorizing scripture in vacation Bible school Baptist training union met on Sunday nights before the evening worship service every Sunday and they used what was called an eight point record system and you had a little form that you write your name on and you check off how many of the eight things on there you had done that week. Well, that sounds kind of legalistic in a way, 
But this was my first exposure to daily Bible reading. Also, I had a parental example. I saw my parents reading the Bible daily. And this had its impact on me, as you well know. I received my own Bible when I was about age nine, just after World War II. And Bibles were being printed again for the general public. This particular one was printed in England, King James Version, of course. This is a second binding. But I learned even then to mark things and they still stick with me. God called me to music ministry when I was 15. I had been saved through His grace at age 9. A very precious, real memory to this day. But at age 15, God called me very specifically to music ministry. And all I knew about music in church at that time was a farmer who was a cousin stood up and announced the hymns on Sunday morning and sang with the most rapturous smile on his face that I've ever seen on a human being. I served in Baptist churches for 44 years in the area of music mostly, but also worked with senior adults, youth, and uh, became the pastor for a lot, to conduct a lot of funerals. A preschool child once best described my calling when asked by the Sunday school teacher about the various staff members, they came to Mr. Riley, and uh, nobody said anything. Finally, one little five-year-old boy raised his hand and said, he preaches the songs. I think that's the best job description I've ever had, and I've had several. Following God's leading after high school, I attended a Christian college, Mississippi College, a Baptist school in Mississippi, and then Southwestern Baptist Seminary for a master's in church music. And uh, I learned a lot of things that I found out weren't very useful in church music, but it was good to know, I guess. It was considered a prerequisite, at least, by the churches in those days that you have a degree from seminary. I received the second most important gift in my life at age 21, Thelma, my Christian wife. I got into a continuous personal quiet time in the early mornings while in college and then Thelma and I have developed an end-of-the-day scripture reading and prayer time together. I have been blessed with the Holy Spirit's leading to read the Bible through in its entirety several times. God has been faithful to feed me on His Word if I will but expose myself to it. His written Word. Now I pray for His protection of His Word as my mental faculties are aging. You might be there one day too. Thelma and I were blessed to be on the staff here at UBC from 1976 to 1986. And uh, during those years, I 
had the Holy Spirit's leading, I'm convinced, to select more and more music with biblical texts. Thelma served by leading the ministry to about 300 preschoolers that were in the church in those days. 300, that's what I said, yes. And she was involved in the establishment of We Care School, which exists today, 40 years later, for teaching the children in a weekday environment. I gladly give God the credit He is due for all of His tender leadings in the life of this little guy from rural Mississippi. The Bible has become a treasured a treasure in these senior years. Yes, even a deeper necessity in my life. It is more important to put the Scripture into practice than to just memorize a hundred verses and forget them. But memorize while you can, as long as your memory works well. Finally, hear these words from our opening text in the TEV paraphrase. Today's English version is commonly called good news. Quote, But whoever looks closely into the perfect law that sets men free, who keep on paying attention to it, and does not simply listen and then forget it, but puts it into practice, that person will be blessed by God in what he does. Praise God that he has preserved his written word even to our generation.